0: Welcome to the Zanbergen Report, where wealth strategies and pop culture collide. Featuring your distinguished host and certified financial planner, Bart Zandbergen.
1: Welcome to our show of dream chasers and wealth makers. We are thrilled to be back in studio today with a new episode of the Zanbergen Report. I'm proud to bring you in the movers, shakers and difference makers who are passionate about what they have learned and what you need to know today. And today I have my, as my esteemed guest and partner, Paul, we have Tish Burrbaum Yes, so,
2: we do a rare occurrence here today. I, I haven't heard for a while. I didn't know she was, we were putting out a search warrant for her. We didn't know where she was. We kept trying to find her. She doesn't call. She doesn't
1: write.
3: I was working with clients. I was busy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> On time. Okay. All right. So what we are going to discuss today is the election. Now what? Oh, boy. Boy, I, are you going to
2: let me pipe in on that one, or is this? A, I just yeah. have to silently no, listen Paul, here? I think no,
1: probably, or we're going to no. I think we're going to have to mute you on this one. You're going to get too charged. I'll take
2: up. over the whole stand back. I'll tell you what happens next.
3: This one, this one can go really sideways with compliance really quickly, so we are going to keep it very compliance-friendly today.
2: Okay, all right. right. I, I will just and say one thing, and I hope this isn't a compliant, and then I'll shut up here. It seems like the markets have been receptive to this thing here based on what I've read and but I've seen I feared that you know anytime there's turnover or turmoil they would but they seem to like this kind of divided government and maybe things will get a little little uh, more stable and predictable I don't know if that's true or not but that seems to be my initial impulse
1: so we are going to discuss that that's actually one of the first things that we'll discuss Paul so thanks for thanks for the lead in there you go but I think the bigger thing is is Tish and I are getting many many phone calls from from clients and friends to say you know elections happened you know, what's going to happen now I think there yeah. was a lot I don't think I know there was a lot of anticipation uh, regarding the election there was a lot of fear regarding the election record we are extremely bipartisan <clears throat> and we're not we're not advocating one party or another we're just talking really the economics and the market and yeah. the effects of this and. We are actually currently working on a client-approved webinar that hopefully we'll be able to discuss in a couple of weeks. And then, for those who want to attend, that will get into much more detail. We'll be inviting some of our our partner investment firms to um, help us with that. But that that should be up. Uh, will be forthcoming. I
2: would love to hear it because yeah. we've all we're all wondering, and I'm sure your clients are too. Now, what next? Right.
3: And 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 just so you know, I don't think we have ever promoted. I could be wrong, Bart. I don't think we've ever promoted a an event to people on the podcast to tune into. So this will be a first on our behalf to um, invite them in to listen to our thoughts of the market and where we think we you know, what's going on from now going forward when we can go a little bit more granular. But um, yeah, that's this something is true. to look forward to and we will be tweeting that out and messaging you guys if you are interested again not interested no problem we will for, we, we are here for you on this platform
1: um so we again we are um just days out from the election and and there's still a lot of i would say excitement ahead because uh some decisions are, are some are claiming the decisions aren't final so we, uh, we will we will see you know in the long run but you know, we're, we're, we've got this issue. We're also in the middle of a pan, not the middle, hopefully not the middle. Hopefully we're in the tail end of a pandemic, but we're in a year that's had an election, a year that's had a pandemic, a year that's had all sorts of crazy things. So then you know, the question of kind of now what or what's next, I think is is relevant.
3: Well, I'd like to bring up something. And, you know, anything we talk about today, I, I want to make sure that we're very generic with, but I think that it's been really interesting with um, everything that we've been through with COVID and the election and the markets and uncertainty and the volatility. I think that it might be interesting just to kind of talk about big picture, Bart, where we are now and some exciting news like this last week. They're talking about announcements of having some vaccinations available and what we think, you know, big picture what that can do to our economy and marketplace, maybe coming back to, to normal after yeah. the election.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, and, and we can go in a couple of different directions here, I think, um, but let's just start kind of with maybe election stuff and I'm sure the, the pandemic will work its way in. Great. But the, and Tisha, I know that we were both fielding calls along the same area uh, and there were those that were concerned that um, a, the, a Joe Biden presidency would wreak havoc on the market because of his proposed um, tax raises and taxes. And I think, right. I think there was a strong argument for that, that, that made logical sense. And matter of fact, there was a part of me and I assure you that is worried was worried about that as well. And really at, the, at neither of us, no one on this planet knows exactly what's gonna happen with the market or the economy for sure, but there just seem to be some indicators I think a big picture, a big um, important statement, and Paul actually kind of led into that, is at the end of the day, and, I'm, and neither of us are politicians, and I that's, wasn't on my specialties in school as well, but a divided House and Senate is hugely important from a checks and balances perspective. And I believe that the positive reaction to the market was just that, look, there's a change in guard Fine. He is proposing an um, increase in taxes in several areas. However, with the divided House and Senate, the ability for him to push things in easily is probably not going to happen. So I think that has helped significantly for those that were, that were worried of the, of the changing of the guard uh, and, and it actually makes it makes a bunch of sense. I think checks and balances, just in general, in any business, and any walk of life, but in politics specifically, is where I think where the term actually came from, is extremely important. So whether or not those the tax increases come through will is yet to be seen. But even if they are continued to be pursued, I believe it will take months, if not years, if they even get through. And
3: this is a great point that you're bringing up. So. You know, as we do a lot of planning for all of our clients, year-end planning is very strategic for everybody. And like you said, especially when there's a changing of guard. Whenever there's a change in leadership, there could potentially be an issue with big, you know, policy changes. And like you said, taxes is a big one. And at the end of the day, taxes affect everybody, right? So, mm-hmm. as far as planning, we we're we're being really strategic on meeting with all of our clients, and I think that that's still a great plan of action going forward is just checking in and seeing where you are and based on some of your thoughts, what that looks like, but like you said, I think that there might potentially be some relief that major um, conversations that we talked about, tax changes, doesn't look as, you know, certain at this time, which is, it's, it's um, a little yeah. bit more reassuring.
1: Yeah. Tish, I know you already know this answer, but I would throw it out. And if anyone wants to tweet in their their thoughts, I think that would be interesting. So the question is, under what party presidency do you think the market does better over the four years? Like, for example, for the four years of the Republican president, does the market do better than versus four years of a Democratic president?
3: I know so the no, answer. We I wait
1: for the answer. Um, <laughs> Paul, if you're still listening, what do you think the answer is?
2: i think it's actually you would think it'd be the republican party but this a little little bird in my head says i think it's the democratic Party. i think when democrats have been elected the market has actually performed better
0: yeah yes, so that, right?
1: that was kind of a loaded question the way i i set it up people usually kind of see through me because i'm a bad poker face but yeah it's true and you know the last four years have been you know pretty fantastic for the market um it happened to be republican but we're talking about the average over four years so, you know, if we, if we look at that and we look at the fact, again, I don't want to beat a dead horse, but that we've got um, the, the divided House and Senate, I, fundamentally things, we should talk about that as well in the market, um, we still have low interest rates and it doesn't look like those are going to increase anytime real soon. The, the Fed has talked about 2024, um, inflation still seems to be um, at, at bar. So there's a lot of things that, that I think say, hey, the market should continue to be, you know, at a, at a, at a nice growth rate. So let me ask yeah. you a
2: question on that just before you leave that. Maybe this is more than you want to go into. But, you know, obviously one of Biden's platforms was that he's going to um, roll back some of the uh, tax cuts that the Republican administ- last administration put in place. You would think that would terrify those in business. Uh, corporate taxes may go up. Again, if, if he got it through, corporate taxes may go up. Uh, high-end personal taxes may go up. And yet, I don't see that there's a fear built in right now. And I don't know if that's because they assume that a Republican Senate, a divided government, will continue to block that from happening or whether they've already factored that in.
3: No, you're right. You're right. I think that is the consensus. That's the feeling is because it's not one party taking over presidency, House, and Senate because there is some gridlock some, there, there's some opportunity for people on both sides to have a voice that they might, you know, slow each other down in, in making major policy changes.
1: So we can't, and all that true and very well said um, and well spoken, you you did bring it up earlier. Um, we can't deny the fact that there is now a vaccine that um, at least has publicly made a release that is 90% effective, so on and so forth. So that certainly has helped. And just, I think the prospect of travel again and going to public places and, and all sorts of that, uh, not tomorrow, but the prospect of it in 2021 because of the vaccine, I think that in conjunction with the divided government, I think, is, is, is a pretty good kind of platform for um, um, continued market success.
3: And it's interesting, Bart, that you said that. And I think we've talked about this a number of times, and I'd like to reiterate it, because especially during times like this, people don't understand, you know, what does this mean for me going forward? What is this? How is this going to impact my portfolio in the future? I mean, those are the real questions that people should be asking. And at the end of the day, when we look at the stock market, what, you know, Bart, what does the stock market hate the most?
1: Perfect. I was going to lead in that too. Uncertainty.
3: So uncertainty. So they don't like it. Doesn't they? The stock market doesn't like uncertainty. And so now that we're starting to see, like Bart just said, we have vaccinations that are coming closer to be able to help um, with with COVID and being able to maybe get more people back to some type of, let's say, reality of their lifestyle of some sort. That gives people hope. Gives the market hope. Gives optimism optimism of being able to have somewhat more of a, you know, quote unquote normal lifestyle that the market sees that there's more um, certainty potentially in the future. And it can start factoring some of that stuff in as, as it starts to um, uh, as we start to, you know, see the market change going forward.
1: So my, my count, so my counter to that is actually in support of that. So with regards to the uncertainty that i think would be my disclaimer to the and the market going forward should the controversy continue should the should we not know for sure who the president is because of the controversy and the recount and the lawsuits and so on and so forth again not taking a political side on this just kind of stating the facts of what could happen
3: the way and the effect
1: yeah so the effect of that could be i believe some volatility not that it changes the fundamentals of the market per se just the perception of the uncertainty could could likely create some volatility.
2: So can I ask you guys one other question here? And maybe I'm going again too far than you want to go here. Tell me if I am. But typically every administration that comes in has certain priorities and those priorities will play out in the market. Um, Reagan was pro-defense and so defense stocks went uh, were projected to go up. Um, uh, Biden is uh, talking about uh, green energy and other things. And so the assumption is that electric car makers or green stocks may go up are there cat without giving any specifics are there categories that assuming that it plays out the way it is today the middle of november and that's all but certain right now here uh, it's not certain right now here but let's assume that there's a transfer power and that as projected uh biden takes over the republicans hold on to the senate and Something, the president's going to have certain priorities. Any uh,
1: sectors that you would
2: say that
1: might be one to watch? So the, that's a great question, but the problem with being on a public um, platform is we're not allowed to give investment advice and ah, that, would, okay. that right. smell of that. So we're going to have to refrain from answering, but I'm sure
2: mm-hmm. with your clients, I'm sure that as, uh, and not on the public platform, but I'm sure you're looking at categories or market yes, sectors course. or something that might benefit yeah. from this.
3: Right? Yeah, exactly. We, we get granular with our clients and, and go into more depth. Um, because like what Bart said, we are, um, You know, we don't know the suitability of everybody listening to the show. We don't know everyone's risk tolerance on the show. And so because of that, we have to be incredibly generic, unfortunately. And that being said, you know, I would say the most important thing is speaking with your advisor, getting a check in and saying, hey, how's it going? Maybe I, if you haven't heard from your advisor in a while, reach out because now's a great time to say, hey, where am I? What's, what's our game plan going forward, what's your thoughts on the market, and then how I reposition myself going forward to be able to make sure that I'm maximizing in this new marketplace, in the marketplace going forward. And of course, I would always say, make sure the golden rule is have diversification. And and that's a lot of, it's the golden rule of making sure that you're offsetting a lot of risk is diversification and depending on your risk tolerance. So I'm sorry to be super generic. Sentence, I get it. But, I know, get it. At the end it. of the day, we have to make sure we're
2: not... <laughs> one more reason we should all failing. sign up and be your clients here. Then then we can uh, have a fiduciary <laughs> responsibility. I'll tell yeah. you one other thing that's just as, as an aside. For the last couple of years, <clears throat> we do other business shows here. And we ask business leaders periodically, what is it that keeps you awake at night? What are you worried about? And overwhelmingly, this is just anecdotal evidence on my part, but we do 20-some shows you know, yeah. every week, overwhelmingly, the answer that comes back over and over again is political uncertainty. It almost seems like they're like, just figure it out and tell us what the rules are. It's the uncertainty of are we going to have a trade war? Are we not going to have a trade war? Are we going to? Uh, is one party going to do this and one party is not going to do this? And this 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 uncertain period where we're just living on a razor's edge here. And it seems, I, I don't know if you feel that way or if you get that from people, but people would, I get the feeling like, just come up with some, I, I, I'd like to look ahead with some certainty. Even if the certainty is something I don't like, I can I can factor it in.
3: You know, it's so interesting that you say that. We've run through different scenarios and we can go back. Historically, we do stress tests on people's portfolios and say what well, you have with us or somewhere else, and we can stress test that of how um, different types of market conditions affect their portfolio. And I would say to answer to answer that is really is just, honestly, the, the best thing is just talk to someone like us and we can help you with that process. And um, I think that if your portfolio is set up correctly or to your own risk tolerance, then at the end of the day, that shouldn't, be that big of a factor because that's being evaluated and looked at in and, and it's being considered with the portfolio creation. So, Bart, I don't know if you want to add, add anything to that.
1: Um It's hard to add to perfection. That was a, a great answer. Wow.
2: <laughs> well, you know, and I guess that's I the last thing I'll say is we had somebody on the other day who was a former economist for uh, Northern Trust, Big Bang, mm-hmm. and now he does I don't know whatever he does. He does he's still an economist, but I think he's for hire or something. And so he he's been on a couple of our shows before and he's always a good prognosticator, you know, kind of looking ahead broad terms, what's coming. And he said, For the first time in my career, I can't tell you what's coming. Because we're in unprecedented times. I can't go back and say, well, in nineteen twenty this is how we handle it, or the last twenty years this is how we handle it. For example, the jobs. Okay, are these jobs that uh, that were people were laid off, are these permanently laid off? or are they gonna come back at some point in time? So tell me the answer to things like that and I'll tell you my prediction. What do you think? Are we in unprecedented times, it's tough to tough to look ahead?
3: I think that we are in definitely a changing environment, right? I mean, I absolutely think the way that we view things, it's going to be a pivot. This is my personal opinion, right. this is not factual yeah. for anybody, but my personal opinion, I think the way that we conduct business will be changed. It, i think in some capacity how long that we're like zooming every day i don't know but i think that because of that people are going to learn how to be more efficient with with technology and resources and purchasing and buying things and how they buy there's definitely going to be an effect i in my opinion and i think that you're already seeing that happen like in march when the pandemic happened and it initiated and um, you know, the market was hit really hard and then all of a sudden we've had an amazing amount of recovery yeah. because things have shifted. People are still continuing to be consumers. They're buying goods. They're just doing it in a different way. So you're seeing a shift already. I think it's already proof it's happening.
1: Right? So I think it's so interesting the 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 comment that you said from this from this gentleman Um I and I say this a little bit tongue in cheek, but with with some truth as well and with no disrespect, but both weathermen and economists, they continue to have a job and they're often not right. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, exactly. And again, it's, it's not meant to be mean or any disrespect. It's just the way it is. And I think look at the pollsters. Again, we're kind of oh, pulling back to politics yeah, right. and I'm not, again, taking aside. but
2: they were totally the pol- wrong again after they swore and, we got it this time where we've and, corrected and our and models.
1: Yeah. And, and Tish and I will okay. do year-end reviews, you know, like in January, what happened the previous year, and we'll look at what the forecasters and what the economists have predicted for that year. And 60 to 75% are incorrect. Okay. And then nobody is, nobody, that's a probably strong term, not many, very few, all right, if any, are right consistently. They're, they'll be right, you know, on occasion and then maybe be close. So the whole concept, and I'm getting kind of more, Big picture, theoretical. I just, I don't think anyone has the ability to predict the market, predict the economy. Who predicted COVID pandemic? There's not a person on the. Well, I can't say that. I doubt there is a person on the planet that. Um, Bill Gates actually did. Bill Gates has so, been harping I guess on this a one There's a couple people month. that popped up on YouTube, right? So. <laughs>
3: yeah are going to be in the future and when you find it you send it to me yeah but, but, I, right now, but
2: nobody know. was listening everybody thought well they they dismissed that as a as a real I, fear but
1: i think and i think tish made a great comment i think the um and this is the answer that we're giving to clients that are that are you know a bit nervous just, even though the market's doing well we still have clients that are were not happy with the results and and, and <laughs> sure. still feel that we are doomed i said look let's just pull politics that look look at the fundamentals we have designed a portfolio that's, you know, all in, you know, depending on the person, depending on the risk profile and goals and so forth, et cetera, but is, is designed for you to, to manage during all times. We're going to lose money some years. We're going to gain a lot of money some years, but you know, the average is going to be something that that you're going to find acceptable. And, and, and just let's lean on that. Let's lean on the history that we have that shows that, you know, here's some worst case scenarios, here's some best case scenarios and use that. I think to constantly trying to predict what's happening, I think is a, is a, just a loser's game. I don't, I, I, I think you'll. So it's just
2: being prepared then and being wait, smart wait. about it. Yeah. Being nimble, being prepared, those kinds of words.
3: Yeah. I want to bring up two more things. We're running out of town yeah. time, but I want to make sure that
2: t- <laughs> running out of town. She said, she said running out of town there. I didn't know. I didn't where, yeah. People are doing
3: that too. That's, <laughs> definitely conversations that were happening, but uh, happening right now, but I want to, Bert, I don't know if we have enough time, but I'd love to say you got five talk- minutes.
2: You got five minutes.
3: Perfect. Okay, so talk two minutes. I'd like to talk about inflation and interest rates. Where do you want to start? Inflation or interest rates? I think interest rates.
1: So um, sure, we could talk about uh, uh, both. Um, I kind of I kind of summarized it earlier, but I think you know, So interest rates, the Fed has already said not raising until twenty twenty four. Now that's what they said. Is that what they're going to do? Um, we'll see. But when we're in an economy that's that's off or still in a pandemic, um, trying to supercharge it, I, I, I just logically could not see them raising it because it, it, it would but dampen whatever efforts they are making to get the economy started. So I think that stays low. Inflation, I think we've talked about on the show where I just say it a lot to clients is there is now something called an average inflation rate that the Fed is trying to to meet. So while we will see inflation at some point, which is currently somewhere under two, You know, with an average inflation rate of three, I I don't see it getting out of control like it was in the in the 80s, um, you know, in the high teens. So I think I I don't see either of those get really getting out of control. And someday,
2: not today, but someday you should do a show about inflation because I still can't wrap my head around and I read it all the time that the Fed wants a little inflation. You know, we say I don't want any inflation. No, no, no. They like a little inflation. Somehow that's a good
1: thing. You're right. Well, I think that would best be answered um, if, if any economists will come on the show after I come maybe. <laughs> after you bash them? <laughs> it, inadvertently. No, no, it was not. In any you guys don't know what you're doing. <laughs> I did say they didn't know what they were doing. Yeah. I did not say that. They're great historians <laughs> and they're great modelers. Anyway. Oh, just digging my own deep Um we, we could have, you know, from some of our investment firm partners, they have economists on staff. I think it would yeah. be great to have one and really go through that. And I think that's a great a great idea, Paul.
2: Because that we're all worried about inflation. Those of us old enough to remember those 80s, oh, my God, inflation was running at, what, almost 20% or 15% yeah. or some crazy number yeah. here. And so they're always afraid. That's their biggest fear let, in getting inflation out of control. And yet they don't want deflation either, where, where uh, the, the opposite, which we've only seen once or twice, Uh, they, they like some, there's a little sweet spot there, like a little bit of inflation and I'm not really sure. I understand why.
1: Yep. And that's where the economists come in because that, that, that's a little bit above my pay grade as well. Right. (laughs) But, but, you know, that leads into another topic that, that Tish and I will do, um, sometime in the very near future, but we've, we've had considerable amount of questions and conversations with clients about look, and this is more pandemic related, but uh, the, the fed has taken on so much debt yeah Um, in order to supercharge the economy what does that mean to us what does that mean to the dollar what does that mean to our portfolio right so it is a bit of a technical conversation but uh, i think that's something worth having and i think there's no topic
2: that economists differ more on that than than that topic there are some starting with uh, uh, ronald reagan said this many years ago inflation doesn't matter you know i'm sorry uh the deficit doesn't matter uh, and then, of course, then several years later, the Republicans created the Tea Party and Paul Ryan and all that. I oh, don't know the deficits of the uh, Jack, um, uh, Jack oh, I forget his name now here, uh, from the, the um, representative from uh, Buffalo, New York, uh, who died a number of years ago. But he Jack Kemp, Jack Kemp's school of thought, this oh, no, it's critical. It's critical because it consumes a certain amount of there's only so much capital in the world and the government's eating it all up. And there's less capital that can be invested and spread around stuff here
1: yeah, and, and I'm not going to I'm not not going to take a position on that, but I will tell you that Warren Buffett says, a quote from him, "You can finance debt as long as your currency holds up," and with the ten-year currently at about 0.68 and the thirty-year at about 1.2, that. That is a rate that the U.S. can sustain debt for, I think, quite a long time. And that, I think, answers your question about that, Paul.
2: Yeah. And the only reason I point that out, not to to argue either side, but within the Republican Party, there have been two extremely different points of view. Debt doesn't matter. Debt does matter. Uh, And so even within one party, much less when you get into two parties and and multi-views and everything, that's a very confusing subject. And then people define, how do you define debt? Is it just... A debt versus a percentage of GDP, or are we factoring in what's the roads worth? What's our buildings worth? What's our everything else worth? Sure. Our infrastructure worth? You know, is it just yeah, sure a percentage all right. of what? Okay, I wow. think we covered it. So you're saying you're saying stay calm. Stay calm. Namaste, Paul. Namaste. <laughs> Namaste. Well, I would feel much calmer if I had somebody like you guys in my corner who was w- tracking this, watching it, measuring it, and preparing for all sorts of. Uh, eventualities. How do people reach you if they want more than ever? I think this is not a time. This is my little commercial. I'm not sure I should be out there being my own robo-advisor here and just trying to do it all myself here.
3: It would be so scary, Paul.
1: I'll let Tish answer that one. Yeah. Tish, how, can they, how can they get a hold of us?
3: <laughs> yeah, so um, I'm sure we've announced it, but we're super excited. So you go to, if you want to find us via email, you can and you want to sign up for maybe our seminars or learn more about us or you're just saying hey i want to, i have questions for you guys or maybe it's finally time to like take a look at what's going on i just want to be able to sleep at night yeah, and right. get those answers questions those questions answered so if you go to info at um the you can email us it's actually info at com, and you can also um go on our website and you can click on the button that says contact us and we're happy to help you and we also have um our facebook instagram and um and uh
2: and your weekly podcast where people can tune in and hear about (laughs) interesting conversations what from from the fun (laughs) and
3: (laughs) Of all the great places you can find us. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. There you go.
2: No, I just think uh, I, I you know, again, I I know this is a uh maybe sounds too self-serving, but I really do think, whether it's you guys or whoever, I think it's for a long, long time like myself, I can handle this. I got tons of information. I got the internet, I can read all this stuff. I think we're more confused than ever, and I think that's where you really need some good direction and good advice from somebody. I think too many people are out thinking they can do it on their own and it's very confusing. Even the experts are confused. So in that time, you need somebody who's gonna watch it very carefully.
3: Yeah, and Paul, I wanna just make sure I I say this one thing is we try really carefully not to promote us as a person say, you know, just come to see us. That's really not this, we're here to help you guys. We're here to help everyone on on the radio to provide. That's right. This uh, good is a free service, and right? Good information. And we're happy to help.
2: Good. Well, I, I think that's a well spoken because this is not just an ad for you guys. This really is an insight into that we don't have. It's one more bit of information that people can factor in. It's free. We we have a large community here at OC Talk Radio, and we welcome you guys being part of it. So, all right. Thank well, you, thanks. Paul. Thanks Thank for coming you Paul.
1: on. Okay. All right, Tish, good job. Thanks for, uh, for helping
0: me out today. Tune in next week for the latest edition of The Zanbergen Report, Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Catch up on our recent shows by visiting podcast.bartzanbergen.com. The Zanbergen Report is also available on iTunes, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Interested in being a featured guest on our show or have a question you'd like to hear us answer? Email podcast at Bart The contents of this podcast episode do not constitute an offer of securities or a solicitation of an offer to buy securities and may not be relied upon in making an investment decision related to any investment offering Access Wealth Management LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Access does not warrant the accuracy or completeness of the information contained herein. Opinions are our current opinions and are subject to change without notice. Prices, quotes, rates are subject to change without notice. Generally, investments are not FDIC insured, not bank guaranteed and may lose value. Brokerage services are offered through to Sarah Capital, member FINRA.